So David spoke to the Lord, Yahweh, the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So we know uh, where that time frame fits in. To the fragrance of spring Every creature's Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. With minor variations, this psalm is the same as Psalm 18. It is likely that David composed this song as a young man, perhaps when Saul died and he first took the throne. David had subdued all his enemies, and the Lord preserved David wherever he went. Yet in his old age, David could look back with great gratitude and sing this song again, looking at his whole life. This psalm is a great summary of David's whole character and attitude through life. Remember, God referred to David as a man after his own heart. Now let's join Pastor Rob. Second Samuel, we're going to look at chapter 22 this evening. Last week, we looked at Second Samuel chapter 21, where David was fulfilling oaths and... The Lord just allowing a strange turn of events with the Gibeonites and the the promise that Joshua had given to them many, many years prior, hundreds of years prior to this event. And, And God being a faithful God, God being a covenant God, he takes covenants very seriously. That means that any oaths or promises that we make are very important, especially when we make them to the Lord. We stand before the altar when we're married and we give vows, and I wonder how often we really think about what we spoke before God and before man, before our family and friends, the things that we vowed to one another. And you know, those are very significant vows, till death do us part, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health. And and those are very lofty promises, and, and, and I think it's probably true that, for the most part, young people, when they're, when they're young and full of energy and they, they just want to race to the altar, I don't know, maybe they do, but I wonder how often they really think about those vows. And the reason I say that is because the divorce rate is so outrageous, even in the church. And people don't take vows very seriously. They don't take promises very seriously. Jesus said, it's better for you not to make a vow. It's better for you not to make a promise than to promise and not follow through with it. 
But God is a covenant-keeping God, and when he says he's going to do something, he is going to do it. And when he makes a covenant, he follows through on his end of the deal always. He always does. And we are the ones who are the weaker links. And it's no surprise, really, because we are created beings. God is perfect. We know that we are not. But nonetheless, these promises are important. And so we looked at that last week, and so... We're going to go through and uh, look at Psalm 20, or excuse me, we are going to go to Psalms actually um, at some point here. But in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 22, these two, uh, or, or this chapter that we're going to look at tonight, in fact, this one as well as uh, chapters 21 through 24, are all referred to as like a historical appendix meaning these last four chapters were put in seemingly by the uh, the author or the, the, the one who penned this First um, and Second Samuel. It could have been Samuel for some of it. It could have been Gad. It could have been Nathan. Those are usually the top three that we believe who penned these two books, those three gentlemen. But for some reason, put those last four chapters here at the end as sort of like an addendum. And they're not really in chronological order. And we'll, we'll see again tonight, as we looked at last week, chapter 21 really occurred sometime right around Second Samuel chapter 9. And so there is, um, we can't get too uh, focused on the chronology of this. Because David now is approaching the latter end of his life. David had a wonderful reign. He lived 70 years, 70 years, and he reigned 40 of those years. Seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. He had a great life. And David here in chapter 22, this whole chapter, in fact, I would encourage you, it's written, it's basically a psalm. It's basically a song. And if you look at Psalm 18, you might want to write in the margin of your Bible, Psalm 18, because you're going to find that this chapter, 22, is pretty much verbatim Psalm 18. I actually followed through on, bo- on both sides, and, and they are almost, I- they're nearly, they're identical. And so... And due to the introduction of Psalm 18, it would seem to place this psalm somewhere in the beginning of David's reign. So again, not chronological as we have seen. But what is the intro? What does it say in Psalm 18? If you have your Bible, you can certainly go there, but I'm going to read to you what it says in the very introduction that David, or the the author, uh, the psalm of David, he wrote this. And he wrote this. It says, A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Now, when was the day that the Lord delivered him from all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul? Well, it was right around chapter 7, chapter 6, chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. Finally hearing about... um, Saul's death and, and, and David now coming into the kingdom. And so again, we're, we're finding this uh, passage is really uh, during a time rate, uh, during the beginning of his reign. And if you think about that, think about what David went through prior to coming into the kingdom. 
Remember those many years of him being on the run from Saul, running in caves in Engedi and in Adullam's cave, and, and running around in the forests of Heth and uh, all the different forests and the places where David could find a rock to, to hide under, him and his 400-plus men that were with him. And so it's at this time when David has already been running and he finally is taking an exhale from all of the running and finally just settling in to his kingdom. Have you ever had days like that or maybe weeks or maybe even a month or a season in your life where everything is going at breakneck speed and for some reason everything is just filling your calendar to the hilt and you're like, how did this happen? It happens to us, <laughs> my wife and I, and, and the calendar is just stacked, and you've got so many things going on, and you, it just kind of caught you off guard. But then you finally get through it all, and you're like, oh. You just want to take a break. That's where David is at in this psalm. In fact, you'll know, notice that it says, uh, praise for God's deliverance. Praise for God's deliverance. In other words, praise for what God has already done which I think is really important for us to do. There are a lot of things that God has done in our life, and I would encourage you to take time to give him thanks and praise. Take time to give him thanks and praise for what he has already done, and then, and then let's grow in that and, and, and even praise him for things that he hasn't even done yet. And you know what, to be honest with you, to praise him even if he does nothing else in our life, to be praise him just because of who he is. Let yourself be carried away with that. And I think the more we mature in our worship, our worship won't be dependent upon things that he's already done for us or even things that we're hoping and knowing that he's going to do in the future, not even things that he's doing in the present, but just God because of who you are. I am going to praise you for just who you are. And I tell you, when we get to that place, that is a, that is a maturing Christian. And don't you want to be a mature Christian? I want to be a mature Christian. I don't want to be continuing to suck on the bottle and taking mother's milk. There's nothing wrong with that when you're a young believer, but when you've known the Lord for several years, it's time to put away the milk and start eating the meat and the solid food. And that means really growing and really putting your faith, uh, putting feet on your faith and, 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 and everything you read, applying it to you, not just to somebody else, because we tend to do that. Oh, this will be a great verse for so-and-so. I'm going to text him right now, you know. God, you know. You know, hates the froward. <laughs> Can you imagine sending that to a friend, texting them? God hates the froward. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. God loves you. You know, but this passage, as we read it, it is prophetic, meaning that David. These things really happened to David. They were his own words, but as is so often with a prophet, he's speaking of events that have occurred to him, but he's also speaking of things that are yet in the future. And David was not only a king, but he was a prophet as well. He was a prophet. We know that in Psalm 22. We know that in Psalm 2. We know that other Psalms, Psalm 61, Psalm 110, there are many of his psalms that were prophetic in nature. Psalm 23 and 24 and 25. Or Psalm 22, 23 and 24, excuse me. Those are all prophetic of things to come. And this one is no different. And so let's get into it. 
Notice what it says in verse 1. It says, Then David spoke to the Lord, spoke to Yahweh. Whenever you see Lord in all caps, that is a, uh, uh, you should understand that, that means Yahweh. It means Jehovah. That's what Yahweh is. Yehovah, Yeshua, or or, I'm sorry, uh, Yehovah. Jehovah. That's God the Father. Yahweh. So David spoke to the Lord, Yahweh, the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So we know uh, where that time frame fits in. So that's where this psalm is placed. But notice what he said in verse 2. He said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. I would encourage you to underline these words that I'm going to tell you. Underline rock and underline fortress. And then in verse 3, underline the God of my strength, my shield, and the horn of my salvation. Underline horn and shield, and and then in stronghold, and my refuge, and my Savior. Notice what all these attributes that David is giving to Yahweh, to God the Father, worshiping him. He says, you are my rock. You're the one who is solid. You're the one who has the greatest foundation. And Lord, I'm on you. I am, I, I'm in you. And so therefore, I, my foundation is sure. Nobody can knock me off of that foundation. There's no greater foundation than that foundation which has already been laid. Jesus Christ, and you're my fortress. You're someone I can run to, and I can run into it, and I can be safe. And you're my God of my strength, whom, in whom I will trust. I can trust him, because he's always looking out for you and I. There's never a moment when God is taking a vacation. There's never a moment where he's not concerned about your well-being. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows what you're going to go through. He's going to give you grace and prepare you for things that you can't even comprehend yet. And that's the God that we serve because he is perfect. He is almighty God. He's not some idol in a temple somewhere. He is the one who spoke all things. And let your heart be raptured with that thought. He's the one who created all things. The very chair you're, seat, you're seated on, the material from that chair, he made. And then man came along and made it into, and synthesized it and molded it and put foam in it and did all kinds of stuff and voila, out popped a chair. All these things God has made. And he made you and I for a purpose. I hope you're enjoying that purpose because he loves you and he's got a great and wonderful plan for your life. Find out what it is. Just continue to pray and do the simple things. You, uh, believe me, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the will of God. All you've got to do is have a right heart and a heart that's ready and willing to serve to do anything. And you know, when, God, when you're in motion, God can steer you everywhere, anywhere he wants you to. He opens up doors, he closes doors, but you're moving and he can do that. But when somebody says, well, I'm just going to sit on my hill in, uh, you know, in Ireland, and I'm going to sit in my really fine house where the sunset comes up every morning with my coffee. I'm just going to do that for the rest of my life. You can, but your growth is going to be stunted. God can't use a person who's not moving and doing things. Now, prayerfully ask, but you know what? Sometimes just do it. If the Lord puts something on your heart, just do it. But he's the creator. He's my stronghold. He's my refuge. I'm safe when I run into him. What is that? Uh, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. They are safe. And he's also our savior. The one who saves us. 
And it reminds me of Psalm 91. I love what that says. It's one of my favorite psalms, and you know it, I'm sure. But it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. There again is David again, boasting about his God. And you know what? I think the world needs to see us boasting a lot more about him. The world needs to see us not complaining about what's on Twitter, not complaining about what's happening in the news, although we do that. I do that. I'm guilty. But the Lord, you know, the world doesn't need to hear us complaining and, and, and putting people down. No, the Lord needs to see the church upholding Christ, speaking of him, and loving people. We really need to be doing that. Notice all these descriptors that David ascribes to the Lord, and the horn is literally strength. When you think of a horn, you think of a rhinoceros, you know, and you see that big horn on the front. Let me tell you, if he's coming after you, even, even, uh, even my brother over here, he's going to run from that rhinoceros, although he's going to size you up a little bit there. But uh, I, don't th- I, think, I think you're going to take off because I know I would because they're huge and they got that horn and they can take care of business. But that, it literally means strength. It's strength. And David had experienced many times the Lord's saving grace in protecting him and those who were with him. Even when the Amalekites came against him, do you remember that time when David was in uh, cahoots with the Philistines? And the Philistine king uh, gave him a city in the south of Israel called Ziklag. And he went there, and when David went there, after um, the king of the Philistines finally said, David, you can't, you can't go out with us anymore. The other lords of the Philistines, they don't trust you. I trust you implicitly, but those guys don't. And they were good not to trust David because David wasn't really in his right mind at that time. But David goes back to Ziklag after he's kicked out of the Philistine camp. And he goes down there and finds that his, all the families and his wives and the wives of all the men and the, and the families of all the people who were with him, all the men, they were taken captive by the Amalekites. David knew a thing or two about trusting in the Lord. He knew a thing or two about God's saving grace and protecting him. And he had more reason than most to be able to ascribe the Lord or to the Lord these titles. But notice what it says in verse 4. He says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Jesus is worthy to be praised. That's why we start off our times in worship. We, 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 we ascribe praise to him. We exalt him. We, we, we speak of him and to him. It's about him. The, 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 our time of worship is not about us. Even though it's exciting to sing and to to play an instrument, folks, do you understand it's not about us at all? We may enjoy singing, but it's not about us. It's about him. Who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping him or are we we just, is it like a feel-good thing? And, And it's okay if it feels good. I love to sing and I love to play the guitar. I love to play the piano, but it's not about me. It's about him. But David says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Notice the the order here. Because Because he calls upon the Lord, he had every confidence that the Lord would also come against his enemies. How many enemies do you have? Do you know that God comes against your enemies? He comes against them when you're not even aware that he's already taken care of business and you're completely clueless. 
that he's even done something. And I love that about the Lord because he takes care of a lot more than we give, credit, give him credit for. But this word call, it literally means to call or cry unto, to summon. And, and what is that but prayer? When I call upon the Lord, I'm really inquiring of him. Do you remember? Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5. Verse 17, 2 Samuel chapter 5. Same book, just go back a number of chapters. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. David, he says, I will call upon the Lord and you will hear me, Lord. I will call upon you for you're worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Look at verse 17. And I love this about David. This is when he was coming around from his his uh, fog that was in his head. It says, Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. And the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And notice, underline verse 19, the beginning of it anyway. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up? And here's his, here's his call to the Lord. This battle is, is coming. And so he's like, I'm going to call unto the Lord. He says, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Notice he didn't presume anything. David was a great warrior. By this time, he was in his prime. He was in his prime. He was a young man, and he had it all happening, man. He was in the prime of his life. And notice David didn't, he called upon the Lord. He didn't presume to do anything. And I love that about him. And that's a good, really good lesson for us. But it gets even better. Notice. And he says, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand, Lord? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And so David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. And they left their images there, their idols, in other words, and David and his men carried them away. And then the Philistines, notice, went up once again, and they deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Underline this. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. And notice, <coughs> excuse me, notice what he said. And he said, and, and the Lord said to him, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For when then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as to Gezer. Notice that he inquired again. Think of it. It happens in the Valley of Rephim. They, they, they get in their battle array. David inquires of the Lord. The Lord says, I, I'll give them into your hand. Just follow through, David. So they do, and they get great victory. The next day, it happens again. And most people would say, all right, Philistine War 2.0. Let's get it on, right? We'll just go and we'll do the same thing. But notice David, he doesn't presume. He, he calls upon the Lord. He inquires of the Lord, and he says, Lord, shall I go up again? And he says, nope. Think of what would happen if David in his bravado and his experience as a warrior 
What would have happened if he would have just said, okay, guys, we did this yesterday. Let's just go forward again. Same pattern. Play. Break. You know, and everybody, it's like a, it's like a football play, you know. That concludes our time for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585 586 3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.